Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. And we're live. Hello. How are you? How am I? Hmm. Well, I might have a compression fracture in my spine, so right. <laughs> I've been better. Um, I am currently laying down flat while recording this, so... It's a new look for you. <laughs> it's a new look. It's a little interesting, but as the kids say it, the show must go on. The show does go on. <laughs> Even if I'm laying down, laying on a heating pad. And probably later in this episode, a pack of ice. Probably. Um, yeah, it's really fun having a messed up spine. It's kind of stupid because I can't even say like some crazy accident happened to potentially have broken my back. Um, I was doing jumping jacks, (laughs) but my spine is so like messed up and kind of unstable that anything that's kind of high impact can apparently hurt me. And I didn't know that, but I just wish that the story was cooler. Right. It's like I was literally doing jumping jacks. Yeah, you can't, not much content there. Yeah, no, it's not very interesting, but it's the reality of the situation. And so now I'm waiting to hear back from my doctor to get my x-ray results. And that will hopefully happen tomorrow. So fair enough. Prognosis unknown for the time being. But anyway, this isn't the Stephanie's back podcast. This is not today. So you want to talk about some crazy experience that someone had? I do. Let's get into it. Not jumping jacks <laughs> sure today we're going to be talking about caving caving yeah our favorite you ever been spelunking what no no the fuck is spelunking caving that's what it's called yeah it's another word i have not nor will i probably ever be i hope to never spelunk dude if i have to climb through a hole that's that is like too tight for you two feet across i'm out I'm oh out. way less than two feet across like inches yeah. across or what people are doing inches oh yeah these people are not well i was actually looking up i was trying to find like a statistic for people who are caving and like how often people get stuck in really terrible situations like in crevices and i found a forum for people who were like cavers i suppose and it seemed like every single person had some kind of story but they managed to get out of it but all of them were like oh yeah man i got stuck in a crevice that was like 12 inches across and like whatever and i had to squeeze myself out anyway the their stories were insane um and (laughs) horrifying because anytime i see any kind of video of someone in a cave squeezing through some tiny opening it makes my heart feel like it's going to stop coming from someone who has claustrophobia are you claustrophobic at all no no that's good for you maybe this one won't bother you but when i was researching this story there was a point where i I had to stop it and like breathe a little bit because... Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, because the person gets stuck. They get stuck at some point. That I'm sorry to be a little bit of a spoiler, but like they're caving, so... You know, there's only so many things that can go wrong, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm just thinking whenever you said these people get stuck trying to squeeze through a one foot wide hole, I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, maybe don't. Don't do that. It's just like the adrenaline junkies, you know? It's like they're either going to jump out of a plane or they're going to squeeze through a hole a hole or yeah. you know they're gonna dive are you short-circuiting scuba dive i don't know <laughs> are you short-circuiting i'm like air wind ground sea <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's go spelunking okay let's Lex. get spelunky let's get spelunky that's good i like that one all right yeah let's <laughs> actually i feel like a goddamn soccer mom right now perfect give me a glass of chardonnay and let's get spelunky i don't know <laughs> okay let's get started so in 2018 31 year old spencer and 24 year old jessica christensen did just about everything they could relating to adventure The couple was constantly rock climbing, hiking, kayaking, swimming, cave exploring, anything to get the blood pumping. In August of 2018, Spencer had heard about a potential new place for them to explore, and that was the Darby Canyon Wind and Ice Cave in Wyoming. Wind cave? It's windy in there. For why, queen? King, just let me tell (laughs) the story. 
After doing some more research into it, he was immediately intrigued. And after five seconds of my research into this cave, I clicked the first link, and the first thing that it says are the many different names that people call this cave. Many different variations of Darby Ice Cave, Wind Cave, Fossil Mountain Ice Cave, Canyon Cave, things like that. But then, underneath that, in much larger font, it says, it has many different names. It is just one cave. It wants to kill you. Oh, this cave is incredibly dangerous. It doesn't matter if you've been caving before, this cave is different, and here's seven reasons why. One, it's deep and long. Even experienced cavers who know this cave well can spend 5 to 15 hours underground, and that doesn't even include the 6 plus miles of surface hiking to get to the cave. You'll need to carry about 40 pounds of gear over 2,000 feet up in elevation in a formidable three miles. It's a strong workout just to get to the entrance, at which point you've gotten only 10% of the trip finished. Three, this cave is covered in pull-down repels, which means that you can't turn around. If you get lost or someone gets hurt, there's no turning back. Four, swimming slash wading through 38 degree water will cause your feet to go numb in about 30 to 60 seconds. There's a lake called Crotch Lake in the middle of the cave, so you have to go through this extremely cold water halfway through your journey. And after that, you still have to walk, crawl, and rappel through the second half of this cave while soaked. And the air in this cave is also around 38 degrees. Five. Wait, can I stop you there? Yeah, yeah. About one statistic in, I started thinking, why Yeah, I agree. would one do this? I agree, but we still have three other reasons why this cave is awful. So Word. Five, the first 1,500 feet of the cave is covered in ice year-round and includes several vertical drops, one over 60 feet tall, that requires rope. A single misstep could send you hurtling down the ice until a rock eventually breaks your fall. And then six, it's a literal maze down there. This cave is over three miles long, and it hasn't been fully explored or mapped out by experts. Why? Because it's cold, long, hard, and deep, and shouldn't be discounted. And then finally, seven, if there's an ice plug at the bottom of the cave, and there is at some point every single year, then you can't exit the cave, and you will also become an ice plug yourself. Oh, so this is after five seconds of research that I have found about this cave, that long list of things. And they basically said, this cave will kill you. Great. Love that, right? The website that I looked at also said that you shouldn't explore this cave unless someone in your group has been there before. They were like, do not attempt to do this blind because you can't. Yeah, sounds smart. Right. But Spencer had very little knowledge about this cave. And he said... From the very little information he did find on the cave, it was very intriguing to him. He knew that it wasn't supposed to be too long, there is a lot of ice, it's really deep, and you have to do a lot of repelling with all of your equipment. So he knew it was going to be an exciting adventure, but it felt attainable because it wasn't anything he hadn't done before. So in August of 2018, Spencer and Jessica decided that they were going to do it. So before leaving for their trip, they dropped off their one-year-old daughter, Aurora, with Jessica's parents and told them exactly where they were going. She let her mother know that they would be going alone to this cave and told her that they should be out of the cave by that night. But if her parents hadn't heard from them by midnight, they needed to call search and rescue because something had gone wrong. So that's smart. At least they're setting up a safety precaution. So they spent that night at her parents' house and then woke up early the next morning and set out. It was about a two-hour drive from where they lived to the trailhead, and then once they got there, it was around a five-mile hike to the cave. So they arrived to the trailhead at about seven that morning. They unloaded all of their things, got their packs, and made sure everything was secure. This part of their journey was actually a pleasant surprise for them. What Spencer had read online made it seem like the hike up to the cave was going to be around seven miles, but they managed to make it up in just two hours. Could you imagine finding something that's like, it's a seven mile hike to a cave and then you have to hike through a cave and repel yourself down and you're like, sick. There's no turning back and you might die, but like, let's do it. Yeah. And if it gets icy, you will die. Pretty much. 
now. Well, it's always icy. The cave always has ice. But an ice plug is like, if the exit is covered by ice, you can't get out. Yeah. Rolling the dice. Yeah, we love. Like, why? But they were feeling good about this portion of their adventure because they had passed a bunch of other hikers on their way up. So it seemed like it was a very traveled area. Many of these hikers were going up to see the Wind Cave, which for Spencer and Jessica would be the exit of their caving adventure. But their cave entrance was behind this gigantic boulder. It was a very hidden entrance, to the point where you couldn't see it until you were right in front of it. So Spencer and Jessica reached the cave entrance close to noon. They were shocked at how intensely cold it was just feet inside of this cave, It was summertime, and outside the cave, it was around 85 degrees Fahrenheit. But just inside the cave, the temperature was somewhere around 30 degrees Fahrenheit. By that time, they had already been hiking for hours and were pretty worn out. So they decided to take a little rest outside of the cave and have their lunches. That way they could take a minute to collect themselves. They had eaten their lunches and took some energy shots to prepare themselves for their adventure. But Jessica was definitely questioning whether or not they should even attempt the cave at that point, but they decided to go in the mouth of the cave and just look around a little bit. It was covered in ice on the inside, and there was a constant ice-cold breeze hitting their faces. It was beautiful, but Jessica said she was still a bit shaken, and they decided to step back out to digest their lunches a bit more before they made their final decision. But after only a few minutes, they were gearing back up to go back inside once Spencer had talked Jessica into it. Spencer was stoked to explore this cave. It was huge, and it was basically a frozen river under the ground that goes down through the cave and descends into three different levels, at least at the entrance. So they go in further and further, taking in the incredible views of this otherworldly cave until they come up to the first rappel. This was going to be the real game time decision, because once they rappelled down that first ice slope, there was absolutely no turning back. They would have to explore until they found their way out. So once again, they stopped and talked it over one more time before they agreed that they would explore the rest of the cave. This first rappel wasn't too bad. It was steep, but it wasn't too big. So Jessica went down first, just by getting on her knees and sitting back onto her feet to slide backward down the rappel with her ropes. They decided Jessica would be the first down because if something went wrong, they knew that Spencer would be strong enough to pull her back up no problem. Also, Spencer had more climbing experience, and he could help Jessica on her way down, tell her what to do, check over all her equipment, and keep her ropes from getting tangled. So once Jessica made it down, Spencer followed her which meant, at that point, they were committed to exploring this cave, and they were excited to keep going, which brought them to their second rappel. It was exactly like the first, but it was much longer and steeper. It was going to be around 30 to 40 feet down a frozen waterfall. And then, the next after that was even steeper. So there's really no turning back at that point. Jessica said the cave was so beautiful that it kind of overshadowed her fear of what they were doing. So I guess that's good, but not great. (laughs) They were kind of going off vibes with this exploration because they didn't have any markings or anything that they were really following through this cave. The only thing they had to go off of was the bolts that had been left in the cave by previous climbers that they could hook their equipment to. But other than that, they were following the wind direction and the airflow. They felt as long as the wind was on their face, they knew they were moving in the right direction. So to me, that's straight up following the vibes. Like, they, <laughs> like wherever the wind Dude, blows them, they're going. There's no way this could be me. This, no, no, my God. Could you imagine me doing this? I literally would never put myself in this situation. Yeah, you're going off wind vibes. I mean, only love this for them, love this for the adrenaline junkie who knows what they're doing, but like, this could not be me. Mm-hmm. It just feels crazy that they're not even following any kind of writing. There's no markings or anything. It's just like, oh, there's a bolt over there, so let's go that way, which I guess makes sense, but still, scary. After a while of moving through the cave, they came across an area that did have a marking, but this was the first time. There was this tiny hole in the wall that was on the floor, and above this hole was a big pink arrow pointing to the hole. 
So they figured through the hole must be the way they're supposed to go. So again, Jessica went first. She got down onto the floor, pushed her pack through first, and then shimmied her body through the hole until she made it out to the other side. At that point, she radioed to Spencer that she was through and he should keep coming. But this was going to be much more difficult for Spencer. You went from crawling on your hands and knees to then shimmying yourself through with your chest and stomach on the ground and your arms out in front of your face through a very long shaft. For Spencer, this was an extremely tight fit. He would push his pack ahead and then scoot himself forward a bit and then repeat this process over and over. But he was struggling, so he called out to Jessica and told her that she needed to grab his backpack. Spencer could see the exit of this hole by that point, and just by looking at it, he knew he would not be able to fit through it. He was 5'11 and around 220 pounds, and had the body of like a bodybuilder, so he was a big guy. Jessica, on the other hand, was much smaller and didn't have nearly as hard of a time scooting through the tunnel. So Spencer decided that he wasn't even going to attempt to climb through this final hole until all of his equipment was off. So he had to scoot backwards all the way out, and then Jessica had to go through again to get all of his equipment before he attempted to climb through. So she went back and forth through this tiny tunnel four times until finally it was Spencer's turn once again. He had taken everything off, even his helmet. His adrenaline was coursing. He was extremely anxious about the situation because he knew that he couldn't go back. The only way out was forward. So he had to go through the hole. So at the exit of this hole, once again, he decides he's going to shove his shoulders up into it and push as hard as he can, and hopefully he'll be able to make it through. But as he did that, he got fully stuck in the opening of this hole. His head, arms, and shoulders were sticking out, but they were stuck, and the rest of his body was in this incredibly tight cave behind him which is when the panic started to kick in because he could not move. As soon as that started happening, he grabbed the rocks on the ground in front of his face and immediately pushed himself backward into the cave as hard as he could. He told Jessica he couldn't make it through that hole, and when he tried, he was completely stuck. But with no other option, Jessica told him that he could do it, they just had to figure out a way. So again, Spencer tried to force himself through the hole, and again he got stuck and had to push himself backward after a few seconds of not being able to move. Which is when he tells Jessica that she needs to try and dig out whatever she can from around this hole. But the ground was not loose. The rocks were big and stuck into the ground, but she was able to make a little progress by grabbing another rock and using that to chisel away at the ground and the walls of the opening. When all was said and done, she managed to carve out maybe an extra half an inch. Thankfully, that was all Spencer needed, and he was able to force himself through the opening, but not without scraping up his entire body on the jagged rocks. It was such a tight squeeze, his arms were scraped up, his sides and his stomach was completely scraped from these rocks. But thankfully, he had made it through. After that, he definitely needed to take a few minutes to calm himself down because he had been almost having a panic attack the entire time while he was stuck in there. And fair enough. Yeah, Jessica had to talk him down as well because he was really shaken after that. By that time, they had reached five hours in the cave. They kept pushing forward, but after reaching a waterfall, they decided to stop and catch their breath. The area was gorgeous. It was a big underground waterfall. It was narrow at that point in the cave, which meant that their only direction they could really go was through an icy river. They followed it and stayed out of the water for as long as they could, but after a while, it became impossible not to go into the river. Their feet began going numb very quickly, and they started to get really concerned for how long their exploration was taking. It had been five hours, much more time than they had expected to be in this cave. They started looking around for more clues that might point them in a direction, but seeing nothing, they started wondering if they had maybe gone too far into the cave without even realizing. The videos and information they had seen about the cave made it seem a lot shorter of a distance than what they were experiencing. They felt like they had definitely covered three miles of this cave, so they were hoping that meant they were at least kind of close to the exit. 
Where they were at in the cave and in this underground river, it had turned to the right, and as they moved forward, the space got smaller and smaller. The two kept looking around for any signs that people had been there before them, which is when Spencer spotted an opening in the rock, and there was a bit of spray-painted writing near it on the wall that said P-17. This was a huge relief, because that meant that they were still in a portion of the cave that other people had been in before, so it felt like they were going in the right direction. Once again, they shimmied themselves through this crevice, and they were spit out into a big, wide-open room where they could finally stand up. This cave they had entered was, again, another big, wet room underneath a waterfall. But this time, when they looked up, they saw two ropes that were hanging down from the top of this waterfall, kind of in, like, the ceiling of the room. Seeing these ropes made them very excited, because not only was that proof that other people had been where they were, but Spencer believed that this was going to be their final stretch to get out of the cave. In their research, they had also read about Crotch Lake and knew that they needed to cross it, which was going to be a portion where they would need to be waist deep in water. But by that point, they had already done that around three or four separate times, so they figured that they had already crossed Crotch Lake. He also saw during his research that there was about a 25 to 30 foot climb to get up and out of the cave. So they literally had to crawl out of the earth pretty much to get out of this cave. So he imagined since they had crossed Crotch Lake a while ago and these ropes were leading straight up into the ceiling, this must be their final stretch of the journey. The problem was these ropes were probably 15 feet up in the air and they could not reach them. And even when they did manage to reach these ropes, they would have to climb another 30 feet just to get to the top of the waterfall to then get up into like the next portion of the cave. And that would have to be done by lead climbing, which was basically pulling up your entire body weight by yourself. Right, like gym class or something. Yes. How do you get up 15 feet to the rope? Right. Jump So that high. Well, that was the problem. They couldn't reach it. So Spencer would like put jessica on his shoulders and she would like try to reach the ropes but the ropes were wet and frozen and mossy so she would just slip off of the ropes whoa they tried this for two whole hours with no luck so like i said the ropes were soaked freezing and mossy and it was very difficult to get a good grip on them and on top of that jessica's fingers were so numb that her hands would slip off every single time it was at that point Jessica's headlamp was also starting to flicker and dim, which was definitely not a good sign. You don't want your equipment to start failing on you. And that's when they looked down at the time and saw that it was midnight, which was the time that Jessica had told her mother to call search and rescue if they hadn't been out of the cave yet, if they hadn't surfaced. She felt bad at that point that her mother was going to be worried about them and that she was going to bother search and rescue. Uh, I have a feeling that you're going to be glad you did that. That's so smart. So she was prepared for sure. Yes, definitely. Which saved their life, no doubt. But she was upset that they were going to have to bother search and rescue because at that point she didn't believe that they needed search and rescue. They still didn't feel trapped or like there was no way out because they believed they were just a short climb away from getting out. They decided their best bet was to try to warm up a bit because they were really numb and Jessica couldn't hold on to these ropes. So they gathered most of their trash together and lit it to get some kind of heat. But Jessica said starting that fire almost depleted them more because now they could feel actually how freezing they had been. Because once they got a little taste of the warmth, they're like, oh, wait, it's actually really cold in here. <laughs> like you almost forgot what warmth felt like. Yeah. Spencer noticed that the flow of the smoke coming off of the fire wasn't going in any specific direction. So both of them separately walked around this cave to try and figure out their definite route out. Because remember, they're following the vibes. And by that, I mean the wind. And the wind wasn't blowing in any real direction. I mean, go up the ropes, I guess, you know. Right, but how? They walked back through the crevice and back into the river because they remembered that there were markings from people over there and they wanted to try and figure out what they meant to piece together whatever clues they could. But that area felt wrong too because it was really small. The rock was right above their heads and the water went up to their waists. 
It was a really long and dark tunnel. They couldn't see the water that they were walking into, and as they went further in, the water only got deeper and the ceiling only got lower. Spencer went ahead of Jessica into the water and it got deeper and deeper until he was in up to his chest and the rock above his head was much lower. It was like almost completely at his head. So they had no idea what would happen if they kept moving forward through this water. It may have gone all the way up to the ceiling and then, you know, they'd be underwater completely, which is when they decided that that couldn't possibly be the way out. And the only way must be the ropes coming down from the waterfall. So back in the cave with the waterfall, they decide to try and lead climb up the walls to get to the opening in the ceiling. But these walls were very wet and covered in mud, so it was almost impossible to get any kind of real grip. For another two hours, they tried with Spencer lifting Jessica up onto his shoulders to grab the rope, but anytime she would get a grip on it, she'd begin dangling freely on it and wasn't able to pull herself up. She couldn't get any real control. And also, I didn't mention this, but as they're trying to grab onto these ropes, the waterfall is pouring onto them. So this freezing cold water is raining down on top of them as they're trying to grab onto these ropes. Yeah, missed that part. Right. <laughs> How do you do this? Exactly. So once who put the ropes up there? Who knows? So once they were good and soaked and exhausted, once again, they decided to take another break because they figured that Jessica's mother must have called search and rescue by that point. But one of their major problems was that they were freezing cold and wet. So now they were facing hypothermia. Their feet and fingertips were numb, but the time continued to tick by three, four, five in the morning. They knew that they needed to start another fire to get some kind of warmth, but they didn't have anything else to burn other than equipment. But they decided that it was better to burn some equipment than it was to be cold. So they pulled out their hats, Spencer's knee brace, a pair of gloves, and anything they could to burn. That way they could get some warmth. On top of that, they figured they should probably get a little bit of sleep. That way they could possibly get some energy back and attempt to climb out once again, once they were a little bit rejuvenated. But every time they would try to fall asleep, they would be woken back up by their violent shivering. They were so cold that their feet felt like they were burning. They were way past the point of being numb. Now they felt like everything was on fire. That's not good. No, definitely not. Jessica said her fingertips hurt so bad, it hurt to touch anything. She couldn't use the lighter, and the idea of trying to grip that rope again was horrible. Hypothermia includes shivering, lack of coordination, and then loss of consciousness. And they were starting to go crazy down there. Spencer had jolted up out of his half-sleep because he heard, or at least he thought he heard, country music down there. So he got up and he yelled to see if anyone else was down there with them, but there was nobody down there. The cave had just been playing tricks on them. It felt like their body heat was getting less and less every time they tried to drift off, which was when they decided that they needed to keep themselves awake because if they fell asleep, there was a good chance they wouldn't be able to get back up. They were both in bad shape, but Spencer had gone into that water that went up to his chest, so he was doing a little bit worse than Jessica was. Which is when Jessica decided they needed to stand up and get some movement going, that way they could make some more body heat. So they're doing like <laughs> jumping jacks <laughs> and squats <laughs> and running in place. They didn't get a compression fracture, so that's good. But they were fighting hypothermia, so choose your battles, you know? Right. Although they wanted to climb out of there, they felt like even if they couldn't, they were most likely in a good spot to be found by the search and rescue because the cave that they were in had signs of humans being there at some point. So they knew that at least this portion of the cave had been explored at some point. So they almost felt like they were better off waiting for search and rescue than attempting to climb these impossible ropes. They had a whistle on their backpack and walkie-talkies, so they took those out and went into the biggest part of the cave where Spencer would yell at the top of his lungs and hit the alarm button on the walkie-talkie while Jess would blow the whistle three times. That way, if anyone was down there searching, they would most likely be able to hear them. They did that every 20 to 30 minutes for hours. 
Each time they did this and got no response, it was a little bit more discouraging every single time. So they felt like they had three options. They were either going to climb out of there, search and rescue would find them, or they would die. They were shivering so badly, they knew that they needed to at least make one more fire. There was nothing for them to make fire with, so Jessica ripped out some of her hair, and they lit that on fire. And as they warmed their hands for just a minute with Jessica's burning hair, they talked about their situation. They knew that if they didn't get out of there in the next eight hours, they most likely would not survive this. So it was really a race against time. They wanted to give search and rescue an opportunity to get to them, but it was a very real possibility that search and rescue wouldn't make it to them in time and they'd be dragging out dead bodies once they were finally found which is when they decided they were going to burn everything they had left that they could, which was basically just a pile of trash and some other pieces of equipment. But they figured that way they could take off their shoes and get their feet warm and eat their last few protein bars so they could give this last attempt at climbing out everything that they had. Spencer grabbed their remaining equipment and laid it all out in front of them to try to think of another idea which is when he thought about creating a pulley system with the ropes and the carabiners. So once again, he boosted Jessica up, but this time they made multiple slip knots that she was able to continually move herself up further with, but she kept getting twisted in the rope. However, after about 45 minutes, she was able to make it all the way up to the opening and shimmied herself through this hole in the ceiling. They had finally done what they weren't able to do all night. It just took a lot of smarts and brute strength. Jess was exhausted by the time she made it up there from pulling her body weight up for so long. It took 45 minutes of constant pulling. Isn't that crazy? Dude, after hypothermia and multiple hours Exhaustion. of no sleep. Yeah. yeah. Insane. I know. So with Jessica up on the next level, it was Spencer's turn to make it up but it was going to be even more difficult for him because he didn't have anyone beneath him helping him with a pulley system. So he literally had to just use brute strength, but it was his only option and it was their last chance. And he miraculously did make it up to the next level with Jessica. And once they got up there and they started looking around, they figured that truly the only way out was up through this like narrow shaft. Because again, Spencer knew that they would have to climb up at least a 20 to 30 foot incline to get up and out of the cave. So they felt like this was the point that they were at. The walls were close enough together in this portion of the cave that they were able to make their way up by doing the Spider-Man thing where you kind of have your hands and feet on opposite walls and you shimmy your way up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So their problem was there was no bolts in that area, so they couldn't use any of their equipment that would hopefully stop a fall. So they were literally climbing up with no safety. Everything felt pretty sturdy, but there wasn't a light in there, so they were following the water up and hopefully out because water was, again, pouring down on them. I forget this whole time. It's just wet and cold. <laughs> the whole time they are in like 30 degree weather in freezing cold water and like wind blowing on them the entire time. That's like a temperature where you lose IQ from the water. They were exhausted. Yeah. The walls looked like they were made of ancient clay. They had like seashells and like fossils, basically. It was like clay and fossils. And as Jessica was about 20 feet up, she grabbed a portion of the wall that felt sturdy, but was not. So when she put all of her weight onto it to take another step up, it broke loose and she began falling down. So as Jess is falling, Spencer looks up and sees that Jess is actively falling down at him. And it looked like she may just fall all the way down directly through the hole that they had spent their whole night trying to get up through, which would have meant she would have fallen another 25 feet down and onto rock. So she would have fallen like 45 feet. Ooh. So Spencer immediately jumped at Jess and caught her mid-fall and slammed them both up against a far wall, which stopped her from falling all the way down. 
So he literally Whoa. like let go of the wall, dove at her and crashed them both into the far wall. Whoa, dude. Isn't that, that's like some Superman shit. This is like Indiana Jones. Ex- that That's what it is. It's that's Indiana it Jones. Is. We need the, the boulder coming I mean, at them. Yeah. Dude, how do you do that? So they're on like a ledge or did yeah. he caught her and then like caught himself on a wall? So he pretty much like dove themselves into like a ledge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking she kind of owes him one eh oh, well yeah you know? <laughs> yeah i think so oh my god the entire time he's just been like making sure she's good and safe and can do it yeah good husband award you know well you very know. very good husband award true but also why the fuck are they there <laughs> yeah that that's also true he did convince her to do the cave you know. she didn't want to do it and he was like let's do it well, he's, you know, he's doing what he can. At least he's redeeming himself. Right. He's doing what he can with what he has. Correct. <laughs> so now Jess was injured and they were in a tight spot and they were freezing and they needed to get the hell up out of there. They were both afraid, but also angry. They had done all the things they were supposed to do and they could not get out. They couldn't figure it out. Jessica was very shaken after the fall and didn't want to try climbing up again. She just wanted to wait out the search and rescue. She had hit into her ribs and her hands were all scratched up and bleeding, and she was in bad shape just overall. Which is when Spencer decided to take the lead and climb up while she waited down below. That way he could see if they could even get out that way. So Spencer climbed up this shaft once again, and when he looked up, he said it looked like there was an opening which he was ecstatic about because it looked like they were at the very end of the cave. That's when he called back down to Jess and told her to start climbing up here with the equipment because they were going to get out. So Jess makes it back up to where Spencer was, which was about 75 feet in the air. They climbed up 75 feet in the air with no ropes attached to them. There's no other option for them, but God, that's nerve-wracking. Yeah. So as Jess holds herself there, Spencer climbed up through another hole and saw that there was a tunnel, which he believed was where the waterfall was coming out of and could possibly lead them out of this cave. But when he made it over to the tunnel, there was nothing to be seen. Just more and more cave and more and more nothing. Endless darkness. By that point, Jess had also pulled herself up to that new level, And she saw with Spencer that there was no way out. So they had climbed up this crazy shaft to find nothing. That was the first time that Jessica saw real fear on Spencer's face, aside from that tight squeeze in the very beginning. Spencer said that he wasn't necessarily panicking, but he just didn't know what they could do or what was going to happen next. It was just very uncertain. So because they had nowhere else to go, they decided to climb all the way back down to their little base camp with the ropes hanging from the waterfall, because at least that area had markings from people in it. So they make it all the way back down this shaft to the area just above the ropes and the waterfall. And this entire time, there is constant running water everywhere. So to Jessica and Spencer, a lot of the time, they would think that they would hear voices because... You know, the running water was quite loud, but usually it was just the running water. But again, they felt like they heard voices. So both of them stopped what they were doing and they held their breath to try to listen as closely as possible, which is when they knew that, yes, they did actually hear voices this time. The Teton County search and rescue team had made it to them. So they had been calling out, hello, Spencer, Jessica, are you there? Which was a huge relief because they were actually calling out their names. So they start blaring their alarm. They blow the whistle and start yelling back. The search and rescue had been in the cave for a while and they were having trouble finding the couple until they smelled the smoke from their fire, which led them to the area that they were in. Isn't that cool? Whoa. So burning helps them. Yeah. Do you even burn? Do you burn, dude? They burn. burn. I burn, they burn. (laughs) Good. So they start yelling back and forth with the search and rescue, who was amazed that Spencer and Jessica had made it up to the point that they were at in the cave. Like they had just gone up so high with no bolts to pull themselves up there. Like they just climbed up. But that also meant that it was going to make it more tricky for them to get down because there was no bolt for Jessica and Spencer to rappel down on. So search and rescue had to figure out how to get up to them. That way they could get the couple down safely. 
They didn't want them to do it on their own because both Jessica and Spencer couldn't even feel their hands or feet. So they were in no position to be repelling down nothing. They wouldn't be repelling. They couldn't repel. Right. <laughs> so They would be doing non-repelling. It would be really bad. And they didn't know it at that point, but Jessica and Spencer were hypothermic. So search and rescue had a really hard time getting up to them. But one of them, a man named Phil, did manage to climb up to where they were by using the same pulley system that Spencer had figured out. And this whole thing took about 45 minutes for them to even get up to where Spencer and Jessica was. Wow. Yeah. This is all so much time elapsing. It's a lot of time. So Phil asked them questions to make sure they were still with it enough to get out of there, like if they knew who the president was, their names, things like that. So he gave them food and heat packs, and while they rested, he took their ropes and created an anchor with them. That way he could send them down through the hole back to the rest of the search and rescue team. There was a big boulder in the room that they were in, and so he used that as well as any little crevice or thing that he could wrap this rope around to create a really strong hold. That way it would hold each of their weights as they were sent down through the hole. It was very impressive. The room that they were in was almost circular, but Phil managed to get this anchor sturdy enough to send both of them down. Jess and Spencer wanted to help, but they were so cold and weak that they couldn't do anything. Spencer was sent down first, then Jess, and then Phil. And down at the bottom, there were three other guys who all cheered when they all came down safely. At that point, Spencer asked where the exit to this cave even was, were they going the right way to get out? Which is when the search team told them that no, they were only about halfway through the cave. Oh, bro. Isn't that insane? Only halfway. That's so demoralizing. And they're already hypothermic. Did they bring any supplies for them? Yeah, they brought them food and they brought them heat packs and they did have a change of dry clothes for them, but they couldn't put them on yet because they still had to go through water. Dude. I know. They were very happy that help was there for them, but the news was awful that they were only halfway through the cave because they had been in that cave for an obscene amount of time, like almost 30 hours, and they were only halfway through. It turned out that the very deep water that Spencer had been in that went all the way up to his chest with the ceiling that was closing in over his head was the real crotch lake. So they needed to go through there and actually swim out to like get to the other side of the cave where they could then climb out. They said no one would have been able to guess that that was the correct way out because that area was so overly flooded. The water was way higher than it usually is because usually it only goes up to like around your crotch. It's called Crotch Lake, but it was up to like his chest and then they had to swim and it was like up at the ceiling because that time of year, the water floods. Wow. Which is why nobody goes through that cave at that time of year because the water levels get so high so they're like don't that's why people don't come here now also people don't go through there unless they have a guide yeah right for sure that you need to have Damn. a guide but i guess he didn't know that so yeah he didn't know that but what an insurmountable task that they took on just kind of nonchalantly yeah they had no idea so like i said just before search and rescue had brought them dry clothes but they had to go through crotch lake before they could put them on and when they got into this water, Jess and Spencer said it felt warm, which was a terrible sign because the water was freezing. So they were in the advanced stages of hypothermia. So recognizing that that was a very bad sign, Spencer told the team that they needed to speed it up. That way they could get out of there, otherwise they might lose consciousness. But finally, they did make it out of Crotch Lake, and the men gave them the dry clothes to change into. But... Even with the dry clothes, they still needed to repel themselves down through openings and be helped to climb up these crazy caves. But finally, they made it out of the cave at 8.30 p.m. the next night. When all was said and done, they had spent 30 hours lost in this cave. And what's ridiculous about getting out of this cave is that they still had to they still had to hike like six miles back down <laughs> this crazy trail to like get to a car. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? 
Yep, you're only halfway through the cave, and you have, like, a really sizable hike, too. (laughs) Downhill. Yeah, but what was also crazy was that after they stepped foot out of the cave, it was summer again. So it was hot out. It was August. So they were in, like, winter gear, like, heavy winter gear, and it was 80 degrees outside. Really? Yes. Well, I mean, it'll cure hypothermia pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica said it was a very odd sensation to be freezing and then go outside and have it be hot. Yeah, was it like, I don't know, I guess you feel like you're in, almost in heaven, I mean, right? I it's guess. Like the feeling you wanted most. You get. You get immediately. Yeah, right. So they were able to rest just outside of this cave and warm up, and they ate sandwiches and chips and cookies, and they had water, and they went down the five-mile hike, and there were a ton of people there to greet them and help them. So this journey went from, we're going to die in here, to we're now eating cookies and having fun and, like, chatting. Mm. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? So when they got out, they said both of their families and their one-year-old daughter was waiting for them, which also must have been an amazing feeling. The search and rescue guy also said to Spencer... Wait. What? Sorry. They have a one-year-old? Yes, Aurora. They have a one-year-old daughter. I missed this. They dropped their one-year-old daughter off at Jessica's parents' house. Bro, you have a kid and you're doing this shit? Yeah. That's wild. I mean, they did not anticipate it being that dangerous. No, of course not, but... I'm sure they wouldn't have put themselves in danger knowingly, but, you know, they went into this cave... So that's what happened. It's just so much more real when there's a one-year-old back at home. I know. But thankfully, they made it back out of the cave and to their one-year-old and and both of their families were waiting for them as well. The search and rescue guy also said to Spencer, we almost forgot it's your birthday. So the whole group sang him happy birthday outside in the pitch black while they stood in a circle with their headlamps and they ate chips and cookies. (laughs) So Spencer said that that was a birthday that he will absolutely never forget. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Jessica said the things that seem most important before don't even matter now, like bills or work or stress. It makes me want to work less and have more family time because you don't know when will be your last day with them. Right. And that is the story of Spencer and Jessica Christensen and their spelunking adventure. Spelunky. Dude, this cave is gnarly. Uh, It's a one-way road, and the one-way road is fucking freezing. Mm -hmm. 30 degrees? In the summer. In the summer. Yeah. It's just no joke, man. And I can't imagine that they went... Did they go into the cave with a ton of, like, you know, winter gear? I mean, you're gonna get wet. They had hats and gloves and coats and, like, snow pants. Like, they were... They had gear, for sure. Yeah. But... Even when you have gear on, you're still cold in weather like that, you know? Oh, yeah. And they were wet is the problem. Like, they they were constantly being poured down on or they were walking through water. Like, before they had even made it to Crotch Lake, because this cave was, like, kind of flooding in that time of year, they went through so much more water than they would have if they went at, like, the peak time to go through it. Once you get wet in 30 degrees, it's just kind of over. Yeah, you can't get unwet. Right. But they they thought that that would be fine because they were only expecting to have like a three mile walk through this cave. I mean, they knew it was going to be like more intense than just a walk. They knew they were going to have to rappel and climb and whatever, but they had experience with that. So they're like, okay, it's only a short cave. We'll be out in a couple hours and it'll just be a cool adventure. So even if we get a little wet and we're cold for a little while, it'll be fine because it's 85 degrees outside and it won't be that long. Right. But then they were stuck in the cave for 30 hours. And they almost died like a couple times. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about when he like literally tackled her from being sucked back into the hole. Yeah. Where the ropes were. Yeah. That's your life flashing before your eyes and your husband just like jumps. Yeets himself he, across he, the cave. Yeah. And then after that he's like, "Okay, now we have to climb out 75 feet." Bro. Girl, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, these people are a different breed. That's very much, like, when I think about that, I think about that vine of the little girl who, like, lays down on the beach, and she's like, I want to take a nap right here. (laughs) That would be me. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'll just, they'll just drag my body out. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm out. (laughs) That's quite enough. But yeah, yeah, we we hadn't told a good caving story in a while, so I figured it was time. It was time. 
Yeah. And this is, I mean, this one is crazy. Ice, wind ice cave? Icy wind cave, I know. Wait, where is this cave again? Wyoming. Wyoming? Yeah, I mean, the people out there are just a different breed. (laughs) The Wyoming crew? I don't think I know know what what someone from Wyoming is like. Montana, Wyoming, kind of the west, but where nobody lives. Seems like a wily bunch. Yeah, a lot of nature, untouched. These people are rugged. I guess for fun, they go spelunking. Right. And that's okay. What is your good thing? Honey. I have my good thing. I want to know your good thing (laughs) first, not mine. Okay. My good thing is that you got me some twinkle lights for the living room and they are multicolored and they I, we can make them dance. We can. And I'm very excited to put them up because it's going to add a whole new vibe. For sure. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's not many things that can't be fixed by a little twinkle lights. That's correct. At the right color and pulse. It just enhances any vibe in my opinion. Correct. Opinion? Your opinion. <laughs> In my opinion, twinkle lights make everything a little bit better. Anyway, what's your good thing? My good thing is that I got some happy hour food with my team. I love a, a happy drinks, hour. Right? It was good. Got to like, you know, talk about stuff and have fun. But we just launched something. So we're relaxing a little bit before we jump into the next thing. I love that. So that was fun. Got good food, good vibes. I am a happy hour hunter. I love to find a good happy hour. It feels like I win when I find a good happy hour. I had a good time. Good. That's a good thing. I think. That's a good thing. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at not to the underscore podcast. If you would like to check out the bonus episode that's going to come out in a couple weeks or give us your vote for what bonus episode you'd like to hear, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash not today podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you would like to share with us and possibly hear on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to notodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.